1: Hello, hello. Thanks for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach Brittle. I'm here with Laura Heck. Uh, We are talking today about an email that we got from a listener whose relationship just isn't working out that great, Um, in part because he seems to be more bought in than she does. Um, It introduces an uh, especially problematic dynamic called Pursuer Distancer, which we'll talk a little bit about and also just talk about what do you do when one partner uh, is a little more enthusiastic about the relationship than the other. So stick around.
0: Good afternoon.
1: Hi, how's it going?
0: Mm, I'm I'm gonna smile through the pain.
1: You're grouchy town today.
0: I'm super grouchy town. It's really rare, but I just I think I'm just tired, and I don't know. So I had my my mommy juice, uh, which is basically like just ca- a, ca- a caffeinated beverage, and hopefully it's gonna pick my mood up here in t-minus thirty seconds. How are you doing? What's new in your world?
1: Um. I'm good. Uh, not a ton of new stuff, except that I I've been solving a mystery the last few days. Like a literal, well, it's a fake mystery, but it's a real mystery. I mean, it's a serial killer thing, but it's not a real serial killer. It's a it's a subscription that my mom gave me for Christmas. So I have this like, it's box a that comes in the mail it's and story. it's got all the uh-huh. got all these clues in it. And I'm I've been working on it for two days and I think I'm just about close to solving it. So. I'm excited.
0: How many how many hours? Because you said you're working on it for two days, but like how many hours do you think you've put into trying to solve this mystery?
1: Probably six so far.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's very yeah. cool. That's a really yeah. smart mom. She obviously knows you very well.
1: Well, sort of. I mean, I she says, What do you want? And I give her a list of things I want, and then she buys me that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Create like an Amazon wish list for yourself.
1: No, I just Love send it. her a link. I'm literally like, here's the link, just buy this. And so, buy
0: this, and this will make me happy.
1: Yeah. Rebecca doesn't That's buy me cool. stuff anymore because I, I'm i like a chronic returner. So I think I might have mentioned this mm-hmm. before. I On Christmas morning, everything I get is a surprise to everyone except for me because I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I open stuff, and they're like, oh, you got a, this. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but I already knew it was <laughs> in there. Thank you so
0: much for this electric I, trimmer yeah. I, yeah. that I bought for myself and then
1: wrapped and then put
0: your name on it. To yeah, Daddy, this,
1: love you daughter or this red hoodie that i'm wearing right now
0: Mm, good for you i'm actually wearing a hoodie too mine's inside out because i i'm in one of those moods where i couldn't even be bothered to turn my hoodie right side out Mm. it's one of those moods i don't know what it is but it's gonna pick up here and i am too i am too but that's all right i'm gonna go to yoga later this afternoon and it's gonna pick my spirit up because i'm gonna get zen and namaste everybody in the room okay Here's what we have going on today. So we had a ton of listeners email us, and um, by the way, that's why Zach, I was sending, sending you emails and text messages saying, "Can you do this? Can you do this?" Because I've been busy responding back to our listeners. Oh, right on. Um, who have okay. Who have sent um, like a lot of of content in their emails, and I try really hard to be just. Um, I try to give them something, but we had one listener, and here's the gist of it. The gist of it is it's a male-female partnership and female says to male, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And I know that we have heard this. This is like such a a television show, movie plot going on. Um, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And then the moment that happens, what do you think the male does? The male is so interested in trying to get the love back. He's like, great. Well, okay. Now that I know that you're not in love with me, what can I do? to strengthen this relationship, to get get that love and feeling back. And the more he pursues her, the more she pulls away. Right. And uh, and so she's pulling away. He says, let's go to therapy. She's She agrees, but then after the first session, she's disinterested. Um, and, of course, that's just going to cause more drama, and it's going to hurt his feelings more. He's going to probably pursue even harder because she's pulling away even more.
1: Yeah. Um, and It's a very so famous that pattern, was a, right? It, it's a very famous pattern. Right. Psychological power called pursuer distancer. And so that's exactly what you're describing. He, he -hmm. ratchets up the energy and that stresses her out. So she pulls away further or vice versa, obviously. But, um, and, and so then you're stuck in this kind of vicious cycle that doesn't, doesn't typically end that great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to talk about is what advice do you give to someone where they feel like I'm going to call this a mixed agenda partner where one partner has the agenda of wanting to move closer and the other partner um, is either at a standstill, a stalemate, doesn't want to move closer, but isn't really sure if they want to move further away Or they are thinking about leaving the relationship. But either way, they're not in the same place at the same time. So we're going to call them the mixed agenda partner. And just for this sake, we're going to use a male-female partnership, which I do want to speak just for a moment to this idea that a lot of our examples have been male-female. But um, almost everything that we talk about applies to same-sex relationships. Would you agree?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there obviously are different dynamics that exist. between heterosexual and homosexual relationships. I also think there are different sort of dynamics that exist between lesbian couples and gay male couples like that. It's not always the same, but um, in general, at the highest altitude, yeah, the principles that we're describing apply to all sorts of relationships.
0: Yeah. And I think most generally, we tend to use those those examples because both of you and I are both in uh, same-sex relationships and we tend to use a lot of personal examples. No, No, we're not. Oh, did I say same sex? I meant opposite yeah.
1: sex. <laughs> yeah. That's news to me.
0: <laughs> I, I there's something very important I needed to tell you about Rebecca.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. But that's why I tend to give more examples, uh, just from my own personal life, which is an opposite sex relationship. But anyway. Um. So let's talk about this mixed agenda partnership. What well, advice you, would you give?
1: The thing that you didn't cool. mention about the guy in the email was that the first thing he did was try to get into therapy. Right. And so right. that's the context that we're kind of describing. And, and I see it a lot. I mean, couples come in and they're just not quite aligned. And so mm-hmm. before advice, I think, uh, an effective therapist is going to do assessment, right. Is going to just kind of try and figure out where each partner's at, what is the story? What is the agenda? Um, and, Try and you know figure out whether or not therapy is appropriate or what type of therapy is appropriate because there's a couple of different mm-hmm. kinds. Any therapist who jumps right into all right, let's work on this relationship is probably missing mm-hmm. the point, particularly for the partner who's not quite as bought in um, mm-hmm. because you need you need their buy in to something um, so before yeah. advice, I would say, um, you know you really need to get to assessment and mm-hmm. um and we can talk about a little bit about that because I think there's there's different ways to assess. But the that'd be the first thing that I would say is you got to trust or hope anyway that a therapist or that a therapy intervention is going to begin with some kind of uh, shared understanding between all three parties.
0: Hmm. Yeah, because I have seen this too often and uh, mistakes made on my behalf of just assuming. And sometimes I, I will say that couples individuals are not 100% honest with me, and they're not honest with their partner, that they're truly leaning out of the relationship. And there's a lot of different things. We can talk a little bit more about the the leaning out partner. Um, But they're leaning out of the relationship. But what they keep saying to their partner and what they keep saying to the therapist is, yeah, I'll, I'll do the work to make this relationship stronger. Sure. And they're saying that, but mentally, they are checked out. Mentally and emotionally, they are out of the relationship. And that is unfortunate because it's gonna really it's it's a waste of time and money. If one person is leaning out and they're not honest about their feelings and they're not honest about what's really going on, because um, in this scenario, I don't really think you can fake it till you make it. I really don't. Yeah. I think that you have to, like you said, have a shared understanding of where each partner is. Um, and so if you are the leaning out partner, Let's just break it down and be honest with your partner, and say this is a really tough place for me. This is where I'm at. These are my feelings. This is what I've been thinking about. It's actually been a lot longer. I think oftentimes when people say I want a divorce, they've been thinking about it for a long time. It's mm-hmm. been a, an, a, an emotional thought process and cognitive thought process for a long time before they actually say the words out loud.
1: Yeah, and I and I um I don't. I have nothing to lose in this situation. So I say that straight up. I'm like, it doesn't make any sense to lie to me or any sense not to tell me the truth. Um, it doesn't make any, there's no advantage to disguising your leaning and I'll, and I'll actually hold my hands up, right? Like ideally in a relationship that is, uh, that is healthy and that has a healthy, you know, interdependence, the two people are leaning into each other and they're, and they're actually supporting each other by virtue of leaning in. Sometimes, it's fine if they're if the two trees, for example, if we're calling, that's the analogy I use, trees, the trees can just be standing in parallel and they're working toward the same goal and they're working independently. It's when one partner is leaning in and the other is leaning out or both are leaning out mm-hmm. or one is standing straight up and the other is leaning in that you start to have this um, sort of transactional failure. And I think mm. it's important to name that for people. Um, And to Mm -hmm. recognize that the leaning out partner has a little bit more responsibility in this regard to commit to an effort that we might call intervention. Before intervention, Mm -hmm. though, I think there's a um, what we're describing right now is what's called discernment. Right. There's a whole right. There's a whole channel of counseling called discernment counseling for couples, which is really about deciding whether or not the relationship is worth working on. And Mm -hmm. that's a different – that comes before the actual work. But it does assume, again, some degree of buy-in from all three parties.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I guess with discernment counseling is there's some degree of uncertainty with at least one partner. Mm-hmm. And when there's uncertainty, that's where it can become quite stressful. I would say that's probably one of the most stressful places that a, a relationship can be at is an uncertainty of where where you want to be and where you're at in the relationship. Do I want to stay in this relationship? Do I want to go? Um, I recently had a, a caller who... A caller? Uh, a listener. <laughs> a listener who emailed and said, my, my spouse is in an active affair, is actively involved with her affair partner and doesn't want to give her affair partner up and also doesn't want to give me up. And that is really an uncertain place to be in. And Mm -hmm. that's a really tough spot to be at. Um, I think that the, the longer she continues the affair partner and maintaining the desire and the openness with her partner that she wants to also maintain her existing marriage, that uncertainty is going to be a, a really dangerous spot for anxiety and depression to kick in. So um, so discernment counseling is really helpful and and you're right. It, it, it happens when there's a mixed agenda partner where there's uncertainty of whether or not you want to be in the relationship or be out of the relationship. And that's what it's all about is just discerning, having some certainty of mm-hmm. what direction to move in. Mm-hmm. And then once you choose a path, maybe you choose to divorce, you can still do relationship counseling. And sure. I recommend yeah. it. Absolutely recommend yeah. it, especially if you have children. What a great way to end the relationship by going to a therapist to sort of plot out the boundaries of your new relationship as co-parents. So, well,
1: this is a little bit of an aside, um, but I recently heard that you don't get divorced from someone; you get divorced to someone. Um, particularly when you have kids, because you're going to be in each other's lives forever, and so you have to be mm-hmm. careful how you how you steward that relationship.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So what would you have said to this gentleman who um, went to therapy, the first therapy session didn't go so hot, wife didn't want to do the therapy any longer, had sort of pulled away, so he's noticing she's continuing to distance herself. What recommendation would you give to him then, noticing that they're already in this pursuer, distancer pattern?
1: Well, I think that there's a, um, well, I guess I'd probably give two pieces of, two pieces of. Counsel and one specifically with regard to the pursuer distancer pattern is you've got to create a little bit of, um, uh, like pull back a little bit, like don't pursue so hard. Um, give her the space Mm -hmm. that she needs, although Mm -hmm. not silently, right? You have to kind of say, Hey, I recognize that I I don't know how this is language that's hard for people to find kind of in everyday life, but I recognize that as I pursue, you create distance and, um, and I'm gonna like I'm gonna let you have that, but I want to have an agreement, mm-hmm. right? I want to understand that that we're still committed to the parents, we're still kind of are still committed to being parents, we're still committed to you know trying to figure out what's going on with us. Um, but I'm not gonna mm. like be like kind of chasing you down all the time and allow mm-hmm. her some of the space that she needs. I think sometimes in order to give her the experience of missing him, you know, like mm. um, Interesting. because she may just not have had that experience in a while. The other one I think, and this is probably attached to what I just said is you got to find out what the shared agenda is because there is one. Um, It may be as, and I think about it in terms of altitude, like at the highest altitude, we want to both stay alive, right? That is a shared agenda. We're not willing to murder each other. Um, (laughs) Okay. You know, I mean, but realistically that, that can govern what we're, what we're in agreement about because it then lops some other things off. Sometimes the shared agenda is we are going to stay married, and that may be religious mm-hmm. reason, or maybe a financial reason, or whatever. And but mm-hmm. but that may mean that you sacrifice happiness, um, or maybe mm-hmm. happiness is above staying married. Like the shared agenda mm-hmm. is we both want to be happy, or we both want mm-hmm. to be, uh, like good parents. Whatever, there is some mm-hmm. shared agenda somewhere, and I think you have to rise up f- high enough to discern what that is, so that you can operate yeah. from that place when you're negotiating terms. I mean, that's yeah, that's. That's the second piece of, it, of counsel that I generally give to couples who are coming in here trying to figure out whether or not their relationship is sustainable.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to play a little bit of, well, it's probably not devil's advocate, but in situations where I've had couples where you have one partner that's leaning out, one partner that's leaning in, and it's the leaning in partner, the male in this scenario, where um, we say, okay, here's the deal if you continue to pursue her, she's going to continue to distance. Your goal in your agenda is that she doesn't distance herself, that she comes back to you, that you reconnect. So we ask that you then stop pursuing so hard. And at the same time, don't do it silently, but let her know. So what I had told our our listener is that, Make it clear to her what your intention is. Your intention is to stop pursuing so that she can have the distance to maybe figure things out, miss you a little bit, whatever it might be, but make it very clear that you love her and you're doing this um, in hopes that she will come back, whatever it might be. Now, I have heard this from many clients. I'm sure you have too. After a while, the the pursuer, the male in this situation, feels like he is just... Um, He's getting pulled around, like jerked around. He, he. at some point, it has to end. At some point, he's not going to be at her mercy with having control in this relationship and jerking him around. And he's going to want to have some control and say, enough's enough, make a decision. Have you heard that before?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, and again, that, that has to flow out of the shared agenda, right? Like, um, if he's not going to wait or be patient, Um, There's a reason Mm -hmm. for that, you know, Um, whether that that's he's entitled or he feels like it's just been too long or whatever. That seems like a singular. Maybe he is. Yeah.
0: Maybe he is and has been patient. Maybe it's been nine months and uh, and he's living in a relationship that's very cold where the partner hasn't come back. Um, They're living as roommates now. And a decision hasn't been come to of whether or not they're going to pursue the relationship together. Uh, and at some point, that person's going to give. I mean, it's going to break. They can't wait forever. So you're saying with the with coming to like it's going back to the altitude. Like, what is the shared agenda? What's the shared goal with all well, of this? Do you yeah. recommend?
1: Well, like an, a time an, an, frame. It, I can't. You, sure, you can. I mean, I think you can say, mm-hmm. hey we're going to give this 90 days and for the next 90 days, Mm -hmm. we're going to really kind of examine it, work on it. And 90 days doesn't mean fish or cut bait. 90 days means we're going to reevaluate Um, because he may Mm -hmm. say, I only have about 90 more days. Um, And, but that's not him just unilaterally pulling out. That is him saying, this is the condition. This is the shared agenda I have, which is I'm willing to give this another, you know, three months um, or -hmm. I'm willing to wait for you for another three months, but here's what I need from you. I need this kind of energy from you. Um, and mm-hmm. that may, I mean, it could simply be an endurance question. It doesn't have to be a threat. It can be like, a, I don't know if right. I can do this longer than three more months, which is really yeah. different than you're jerking me around and I'm done with this. You know, those are different, right, right. different approaches.
0: Yeah. I it, i was having a conversation earlier today about ambiguity of time. And I think that it, when we are able to establish a time frame. It gives us more clarity and it reduces anxiety. We just we don't like, as human beings, this gray area of this open-ended time frame. Yeah. And when you enter into a conversation with your partner and you say, okay, I understand that you're leaning out. I'm leaning in. And I would love for us to come to some kind of a decision in 90 days, in, in let's say, six months, whatever it might be. I was trying to do the math in my head. It didn't work out. <laughs> um, 180 days, uh, whatever it might be, where at that point, you're going to come to kind of decision or you're going to reevaluate like what you said. It's not an ultimatum because you definitely don't want the leaning out partner to feel like you're putting an ultimatum on it because, again, that's a pursuer uh, thing to do. But if you both agree, like...
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think it's unrealistic in general just to say, let's just see how long it takes because it's kind of like saying you know, you're training for half marathon. And if your coach was like, Hey, Laura, just go out and run, (laughs) you know, you know, like your first question would be how, how far am I going or how long Mm -hmm. am I going? Um, How often
0: do I have to run? Yeah.
1: Well, or just this time, right? Like just this, just this, this day, you know, you want to know what your, what your, what your end point is um, and -hmm. what you're measuring, right? You're measuring time, you know, mile pace, right? And, People need to be able to go, here's what I need to see in 90 days. I need to see yeah. some movement back into the relationship or some some shift in your leaning mm. that will energize me for another 90 days. Yeah. Or 30 yeah, or two weeks definitely. or whatever.
0: Yeah. Any other recommendations that you have for this listener that um, is just kind of struggling in this path, this journey of being the leaning in partner?
1: I don't know. I mean, I feel like at some level you get to try on a new persona, right? You get to try on kind of the, I am, um, interested in truth telling and doesn't mean I'm going to shove truth down your throat or be chasing you around the house. And, you know, but I'm interested in just being honest because you got nothing to lose at this point, um, Mm -hmm. is, is essentially my take on it.
0: You know, what would be an interesting thing to talk about is separation. Um, Mm -hmm. for a future podcast, because I think that there are some things that people can do that are positive for their relationship. And then I think, I think that there's other ways that they could damage their relationship and what separation is used for. And, um, anyway, we might do that in a future podcast. Um, and if you have any ideas, I mean, obviously we are getting lots of, uh, lots of emails from our listeners. So I'm so glad that you are listening. I'm so glad that you are binge listening, uh, continue to what, do we got that. that. email. What we so- got an
1: email from that guy who listened to all 52 in like three days or something. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I can just imagine. I mean, I love hearing. I told you about the gal that was listening uh, to us while in the bathtub. I mean, I just, it's so fun. Like hearing, hearing about our listeners and how they're listening and when they're listening. And uh, another person, if there's somebody, one of the questions we received was, This has been really helpful for me. How do I get this information to somebody else? Like maybe you have um, a child who's in an adult relationship and they're struggling. How do you get this information to them? And I would just say, just forward it on and say, I think this podcast is so cool. I have learned so many great things from it. And I think you would really love it. They're interesting to listen to, whatever. Just give it a shot. Just have a listen. Um, And from the eye position rather than saying hey your relationship's really screwed up you really need <laughs> to listen to this podcast yeah. um but do do share it we would love for you to share it with your family and friends cuz that really is the goal is to be able to get information to as many couples as possible just so we can help relationships around the world which we have a large listening in australia so thank you australia <laughs> okay um, all right dude well until next time yeah. <laughs> all right dude all right dude hasta luego right on Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. I have a huge favor to ask. So many of you are writing directly to me and to Zach and saying how much you love the podcast. You've been binge listening to it. You've been sharing it with your friends and family members. And I would ask Can you please go to iTunes and leave those reviews? I love reading the reviews, but more so, I want for other people to have the opportunity to hear how much you're enjoying this podcast. It's one of the ways that we can get this podcast, Marriage Therapy Radio, Out there to as many listeners as possible, which is our mission here at Marriage Therapy Radio. Zach and I want to touch as many couples' lives as possible. And the only way we know how to do that is through the wonders of the internet and podcasting. So please go to iTunes, leave us a review, let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast so that other people can find it and also be listening More importantly, thank you so much for your time and your attention in making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death